Teresa, I'd like to ask for your podcast's hand in marriage. That's a little outdated, don't you think? It's Schmanners! Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McRoy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McRoy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my love. Hello. Good morning. Yes, good morning. How are you? Doing well? Yeah, sure. Yeah? Yeah. Hey, everyone, this is a little window. That's what marriage is like. <laughs> That's marriage every day. You see the person, you say like, hey, how you doing? They sound great. You say cool. And then you're off on another marital adventure. It's something like that. (laughs) Why do I bring up marriage, Teresa? What are we talking about today? Because we are doing another installment of our marriage series, backtracked just a little bit to engagements. That's correct. And there's going to be a whole lot of chunks. I saw people discussing this on the Facebook group and on on the Twitter, um, discussing like, oh, is this included? Can I bring this up? And there's just so much etiquette and manners and history involved in uh, the marriage wedding process that uh, we just have to break it up. So today we're talking about engagement. And mm-hmm. I feel like this one's going to be pretty rife with discussion, at least as far as like the history goes and some of the manners. So let's jump right into it. Tell me a little bit about the history of the engagement. Well, I don't want to bum you out. Oh, no. But. Too late. The history of engagement pretty much goes like this. Women are property. Yeah. Women were given rings as a as a beginning of a contract. Um, that was the engagement ring, and it was to basically show everyone that she was taken. Just a tiny finger shackle, am I right, ladies? Yeah. And then later on in history, um, it became a little more of an insurance policy. How so? Uh, well, I'll get to it. Okay. I'll get to it. Um, oh, this is just the brief overview? This is just a brief overview, because I wanted to prepare you for the being bummed-ness. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, there yes. is evidence, as far back as prehistory, like caveman times, that the cavemen tied cords made of braided grass around their mate's wrists, ankles, and waists to bring her under his spiritual control. That's a little overdoing it, don't you think? You couldn't just do wrist? Well, she's a little more, you know. Why not just wrap her up in a mammoth skin and bury her? Come on! She's she's not as easy as a cow to catch, I guess. You got, if cartoons have taught me anything, you got bonk her on her head with a club, and then you drag her back to your cave. Hey, why was that an image that was okay <laughs> to show? This has just occurred to me. That's a very upsetting image to show to children in cartoons. Yeah, not okay. So, there's that. Yes. And um, moving up to the ancient Egyptians, uh, there were uh, Egyptians uncovered, you know, the mummies, Mm -hmm. uh, wearing rings made of silver or gold wire on uh, the third finger of their left hand, which is our traditional wedding ring finger. Um, At least here in America and several other countries. Yes. Uh, And that comes from the belief that there is a vein that is directly from that finger 
to the heart. Mm-hmm. Whether I'm not a doctor, I don't know about anatomy. I don't know if that's true, but that's like the common well, thinking. E- of even it. if that is true, the heart. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Sydney McRae, is not where emotions come from <laughs> in real life. That's true. Okay. I'm. Uh, don't hold me to that. I'm not a doctor, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure. And speaking of Sydney McElroy, way back in the second century uh, BCE, according to Pliny the Elder. Oh, we've heard of him on yeah, Sawbones. The groom gives the bride first a gold ring to wear during the ceremony and at special events, and then an iron ring to wear at home, Ooh. signifying her binding legal agreement to his ownership of her. But what about his agreement to her? That really didn't come in for much longer. That's that's bonkers. I don't like that. Yeah, I told you, get ready to be bummed. Um, there had to have been like women and and like advocates at the time being like, "Hey, this is messed up, right?" <laughs> like every <laughs> like, what about me to you and you to me and us to each other and this being. An equal partnership that didn't didn't really exist for a very very long time. It's a very modern notion that that, that would be an equal partnership. Um, uh, okay, keep moving forward in time so I don't get too bummed forward. out. Um, actually, there was a dude who um, thought that this whole thing might not be a very uh, up on the up and up. Uh, the Bishop of Salisbury in twelve seventeen, he wanted to put an end to the popular practice of seducing girls into mock marriage. People were using this as kind of like a um, a way to get at your goods. If you what was I can mock say. marriage? Mock marriage. Uh, in mock marriage, they would give them a ring made out of uh, rushes, um, and they basically did it to. Kind of tricked the ladies into, like I said, giving up the goods, whether so, it was material goods or other goods. Was it basically saying, like, soon we shall be like married in a church in front of the family, but for now, let's consider ourselves married with this woven reed ring? Yes. And his solution to this, he declared a marriage with a rush ring legally binding. Okay. So, Wait, so all you had to do was get to get okay, wait, hold on, hold on. Okay. In the in 1200, all you had to do was get married was put a ring on someone's finger. At that point, yes, because it was so rampant that people were promising rings and breaking engagements once they got whatever it was that they wanted. As people have gotten married and had to go through a whole planning process and put together a whole ceremony and reception, the idea of just being able to pop a ring on you and be like, we're married now, is really enticing. Well, you have to remember that this was a business transaction, basically. You know, and it it stayed a business transaction for a very very long time because that's like where like dowry and stuff comes from, right? We I think we talked a little bit about yeah a little bit about like that. a hope chest and that kind of thing in the last time, but that idea of basically you were paying someone to take your daughter, right? Right. I see. Um. So I'm going to come back to diamond engagement rings because that's really like it's all its own can of worms Mm -hmm. um but moving forward in time as far as i mentioned rings becoming a bit of an insurance policy yes right um so i think that it is safe to say that engagement rings were really for the rich for the affluent classes Mm -hmm. um you probably couldn't afford a ring and if you couldn't afford a ring you could still get married yeah. Um so what it was was you would 
engage in this business transaction and receiving a ring from a male, which was, you know, it was a very cisgender kind of society. Yeah, that was just the the one and one at that point. There was no mixing and matching of anything. That's right. It was just dude and woman. Yep. So um, the male would give the female a ring, and that ring was more of a... I don't want to say promise, but I do want to say that it was kind of like a, a lend and lease agreement where he was able to kind of try out her goods. Do you know what I mean? Really? Yeah. Um, and if he broke off the engagement, she was allowed to keep that ring in order to support herself for the nine months to a year where she was cast out from society. Wow. Well, being virginal was very important. But did that reset after 12 months, old-timey people? Basically. As far as society <laughs> as far as society knew. I, I want to say, actually, I'm a, I was at first a little bit um, shocked by that. But then I sit there and go, you know, that's actually, I think, in many ways, more progressive a thought process than we have now regarding people who judge young ladies uh, and young men, too, I guess, on, like, virginity as, like, a metric for how special they are. Mm -hmm. And the idea of being like, but after 12 months, you're back to factory settings and everything's okay <laughs> again, and we're not going to judge you anymore after that. Well, you were probably judged a little bit, but you were back on the marriage market. Mm -hmm. um, because if you weren't married by 25, you were a spinster. Yeah. Well, yeah. also probably if you weren't married by 30, you were probably dead. <laughs> so <laughs> but that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, so this ring was used as, as kind of collateral almost for the relationship to come. Yeah. Um, and then if it was broken, the ring would be used in order to, to be of support for the woman. Got it. Um, and, and when I say lend-lease agreement, I mean her womb. Right. No, no, yeah. no, we okay. got it. Yeah, okay. we got it. We got it. Right. We got, we got that. Her bits. We got her, it. Her, yeah, her, yeah. Her bits. So then I'd like to backtrack a little bit to the diamond engagement. Right? Yeah, let's talk about this. Because I remember um, very early on in our relationship, we listened to an episode of Stuff You Should Know where mm -hmm. they talked about how diamonds work. And it was very eye opening. That was then uh, very influential, I would say, on our engagement ring process. Right. Um, so, so tell the people a little bit about the diamond ring as how it became the, the go-to engagement ring. Well, first of all, I want to say that throughout history, the first recorded use of a diamond engagement ring was by the Archduke Maximilian of Austria when he proposed to Mary of Burgundy. Of course. Okay. And it's that a was, love story for the ages. Everybody knows that one. That was in 1477. Mm-hmm. That's the first recorded use. And, of course, um, precious stones, precious metals have been used uh, throughout history in order to signify that sort of bond. Uh, and I'm going to uh, play a little bit of, I don't know what the stupid version of Devil's Advocate is, but uh, a Devil's Imbecile, but I'll do that right now. And diamonds are, of course, the most precious, right? No. Oh. No, no, they really aren't. Um, in fact, the um, the diamond engagement ring was kind of on the decline at the turn of the at the of the nineteen hundreds, um, and it really didn't get 
back into vogue until the 1930s. Well, what happened in the 1930s, Teresa? Well, Travis, in the 1930s, the De Beers Corporation um, pretty much ran a highly successful marketing campaign about how real men buy diamonds and diamonds is what signifies love. And diamonds diamond. are forever. Is forever. Yes. That is right. Do you do you have any inclination as to why they might say it is forever? Um, I I imagine that. What? Oh well. Hold on. If I remember correctly, I know that there was a big piece of them trying to push that, like not recycling rings and right. not like that you would keep it forever so that way when you needed an engagement ring you had to buy new rather than either inheriting or going to like a pawn shop or going to like a resale shop yes because diamonds are a little bit like cars Mm -hmm. as soon as you take it off the lot it starts to depreciate Mm -hmm. Um, also they come with cup holders they they really don't because they're only worth as much as someone will pay for them, right? Exactly. Like there, there's yes. not really a practical use for a diamond engagement ring. So if someone says to you, "This is how much this diamond is worth," and then you buy it, and then they say, "Okay, well, it's not worth that much anymore," and you, there's no, you can't turn around and be like, "It, yes, it is. You're wrong. <laughs> like it's only worth as much." And so the De Beers Corporation, the they set the price for the diamonds they're selling mm-hmm. and they make them scarce by only selling X amount a year. Right. They have they have basically a monopoly on the the diamond industry. Mm-hmm. And so they withhold diamonds in order to keep them scarce. And yes. then they uh they ad- advertise that diamonds are really what everybody should have, so then they keep demand up. Yeah. It's really kind of perfect (laughs) well yeah it's a perfect system because it's a complete scam i mean just the idea of like they and listen i say scam in the way of like we live in a capitalist society like they're really killing it Mm -hmm. i say scam with very little well i judge it but not like condemnation because it the cycle is they say an engagement ring should be a diamond if you love her. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, okay, yeah, I do love her. Deal. And then they say, well, once you buy it, just so you know, you've used up all the love and it's not worth anything anymore. And you're like, that makes complete sense. Yeah. Now, definitely. there are rings that do appreciate in value after a long time if they have cultural significance, mm-hmm. uh, like Princess Diana's ring. Yeah, well, um, of course. Yes, yeah. that, that has appreciated in value from when it was was uh, purchased. Um, and then there are several antique rings, maybe with history or... Um, family value. Family value, right? Those tend to appreciate slightly. Um, Let me ask you a question. Is this the the De Beers 1930s Diamonds are Forever? Is this where we started seeing people keep like continuing to wear both a wedding and engagement ring after the wedding? Before then, would you give the engagement ring... And then give the wedding ring and just sell the engagement ring, get rid of it? Or were people always holding on to them? Do you know? I, I believe people were always holding on to them. Whether or not they were wearing them at the same time, I'm not sure. Um, but like I said, for a very long time, it was an insurance policy. Mm-hmm. So you wanted to hold on to the the wealth that was in that ring. Gotcha. However little there was in it. Yeah. Um. So I, I do want to say that if you want a diamond engagement ring... Please 
Buy go, a diamond engagement it. ring. Make make sure that it is responsibly mined um, and that it is something that you will treasure for a long time because you probably won't get your money back if you yeah. don't like it anymore. Now, my ring that you and I designed together is not a diamond. It is a white sapphire, which is another precious stone. Um, but... Uh, that was the best decision for us. And there are lots of different rings out there. In fact, the colored stones are coming back in vogue at this mm. point. And my ring is a big hunk of amber with a mosquito <laughs> in it. I'm pretty proud of it. Right. So I can clone dinosaurs. Um, yeah. So do we have anything else on history? Or should we move on to some questions? Let's and... go ahead and move on to some questions. Okay, great. Let's ask a couple questions, and then we will go to break and come on back and talk about it a little bit more. This is from Katrina. Are engagement announcements required? You know, in this day and age, engagement announcements are not required. You can really do as much of a of the wedding hoopla as you, as you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, Traditionally, an engagement announcement goes out in a newspaper, but now that newspapers are no longer the thing everybody reads every day, they can go out on social media, you can put it on a blog site, and you know, if you just want to send out nice cards to your friends and family to say, hey, we got engaged, that's enough. Let me ask, uh, we didn't get this specific question, but I feel like this is kind of a, a very encompassing question, and that is, in, in this day and age... Let's let's have us a brief uh, discourse about the advantages, disadvantages, the pros and cons of having the discussion with your partner about what the engagement should be, whether that's the actual proposal or when or anything, versus mm-hmm. a complete surprise mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Um, I advocate against having it being a complete surprise. Um, because if you don't know the other what the other person is going to say a hundred percent, you probably shouldn't ask them. I I would say that I think that a mixture is always a good way to go. Where like you discuss it beforehand, and there's like, hey, do you think that we are ready to get engaged? I do. Okay, it will happen at some point. And oh, then, I definitely. Yeah. I think that if if surprises are your thing, they're not my thing. Yeah, we didn't do a surprise at all. Like you knew the day of the ring would be there, and then we did it, and we were engaged. Because surprises make me anxious. I yeah, don't like too. surprise parties. No. I don't. I want to know the plan. I like. We both like plans. Oh, top marriage <laughs> rules. But um, if it is something where you want to make it very special and unexpected, the event unexpected then that's lovely if that's what you like but i don't think that the um that the and we talked about contracts that the contract should be um exposed unexpectedly i think so too um ira asked the question are there objectively wrong places to pop the question um I think, again, that really just depends on your relationship with the person and knowing what they like. I would never want to be proposed to in a public space. Mm-hmm. It feels highly pressurized to me. You know, one of those, like, sky writings or jumbotron or, or, or things like that in a, in a public space would make me very anxious. I also think there's probably inappropriate places, like, I, I, this is going to sound like I'm making a joke, but the first thing that popped in my head is like a funeral. You know what I mean? Like there's right. probably a time. And I would also say someone else's, we got that question a lot too, someone else's engagement party mm. or wedding or birthday, anything where 
the it's supposed to be about the other person's uh, celebration. Yeah, you're really yet, stealing their thunder yeah, at that point. I, I would say, especially, and I think there's a certain justification you could make of like, well, everyone's all together. I wanted to, like, this was a great opportunity well, where we're all together. Well, then throw your own party. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would agree. I, I Unless the other person whose party it is is totally in on it and is like, yeah, I'm totally on board with this. I don't know that it would be appropriate. Um, Let's go to break real quick. Um, hear from another Maxwell podcast, then we'll come back and talk about engagements a little bit more. Hey, I'm Erin Gibson. I'm Brian Safi. And we host Throwing Shade, a weekly look at all the issues that are important to ladies and gays and anybody else who cares about that stuff. And we uh, and we make we make funnies. Yeah, either you oh, care or you awful. don't. So this was a big one. This was kind of our elbows on the table question um, from Lacey. Should the groom? I'm going to say in this in this circumstance. Let's just say should one party ask permission for from the bride's father? That is a, a very cultural thing, um, and I know in the southern United States that still does happen a lot. Um, in older, richer families, maybe that happens a lot. Um, but as far as the, the permission giving, you don't, it's not like you need the father's signature because it's no longer property passing from the father to the, the groom, I suppose. Um, because that's the way it was. It was a property exchange and it isn't that anymore. But I would say my advice would be if the bride's father is the type of guy that you feel like would expect you to give some kind of heads up before maybe he's more traditional, a little bit more old fashioned family. Okay, great. I think there's a way to do it without making it the old fuddy duddy. Like I'd like to ask you, I think that there's a way for you and the potential bride to like approach the father and say like, we want you to know that we are planning to get engaged. You know, a heads up. I think that's up, a good compromise. You know what I mean? Give them a heads up without it being that, like, transactional feeling that you get that's very skeevy. Right. I mean, because it is no longer an exchange of property, mm-hmm. I don't think that it's necessary. But no, definitely if, not. If it's something that maybe they're, the the parents expect, it's a good foot to start out on. I think that that's kind of a good rule of thumb in general across, I would say, all wedding planning is that traditional doesn't necessarily mean you have to do it, but you should anticipate, especially if it's a very common tradition or very expected tradition, that there will be people who go, oh, oh, really? Oh, like, that's okay. I mean, there will always be those people throughout all of time. But, like, I think there's a certain amount of you got to brace yourself for somebody going, huh, for example, this question from Laura, is it okay for a woman to propose to a man? Yeah, I think definitely. Absolutely. Like I said, there's no more exchange of property. It's more of a mutual partnership. <clears throat> and so if that's the way you feel and that's what you want to do, you should do it. But you should, I think, brace yourself a little bit, especially – uh, you know, it, as more and more people, I think, get progressive and relax a little bit. But I think in the time, like, there's going to be a subset of people that go, really? Huh? We're <sighs> really? Yeah. It, like, it's okay. Of course it's okay. But, like, there will be people. 
this is from Beverly, and I think speaking of wedding rings or engagement rings, do you have to buy an engagement ring? Isn't the wedding ring enough? No, you don't have to buy an engagement ring. And and I'm I feel a little bit like a broken record, but really the engagement ring was insurance. It was to show that she that the woman was property already. Um, and so if that's not your bag, then no, you don't have to buy an engagement ring. There are ring exchanges in different ceremonies, and some ceremonies around the world don't even have ring exchanges. Um, so if it's important to you to get one, then get one. If it isn't, then don't. Um, Use that money as a down payment on a house. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like this question. If you attend, this is from Kurt, if you attend a wedding shower and give a gift, are you required to give another gift at the wedding? Um, traditionally, I would say that the gifts given at an engagement party or a wedding shower, um, are significantly, uh, less expensive. So they're usually things that are like, um, a picture frame or a bottle of wine or smaller sort of gifts. And the gift that you give for the wedding is usually something off their registry, something a little more pricey for their home. Um, Are engagement parties still all that common? Like, we didn't have one. I don't... I'm trying to remember if I've ever attended somebody's engagement party or a wedding shower that wasn't, like, specifically, like, oh, the maid of honor threw it for the bride-to-be or something. Like, that was... I can't remember going to like a big, you know, party thrown for the couple. Well, traditionally, engagement parties aren't very large. They usually include just the families and the wedding party. Maybe some neighbors or close friends, but um, I don't know if there's a question about this. You really shouldn't invite anyone to the engagement party that you are not inviting to your wedding. It's it's taboo and it, it... makes people's feelings get hurt well there's a question from danielle danielle asks, how do you politely respond when someone congratulates you and follows it up with i'm invited right but they aren't smile and thank them be honest you should smile and thank them for the congratulations and let them know that the uh guest list is still undecided yep well, the you know the venue's not very big. We haven't nailed it all down yet. You don't. Uh, you don't have to give any of those excuses. Well, uh, we're you know, still that's working on the guest problem. list. You're we're always still right. working on it. I always have a tendency to come up with too many justifications that really makes it sound like I'm lying. Or it's like, well, it's this and this and this and also this and also this. <laughs> She's like, you don't have to say that. Just say no. <laughs> Just say we're still working on the guest list. Um, this is from Nicole. How long is too long of an engagement period? Um. I don't think that there is such a thing as too long for any particular couple, especially since these days, a lot of wedding venues and vendors get booked up a year to to um, 18 months ahead of time. Wow. And they I, really I, do. They get booked up. And so there there isn't a lot that you can really do about having an engagement at least a year and a half. But I think, once again, this is one of those differences between is there anything wrong versus like societal expectation. Mm-hmm. If I think if you're engaged for longer than two years without a set date or without a plan, you're going to start getting questions from people, especially family members. Well, there is a difference between we're trying to find a venue, we're working on it, and we're just happy where we are right now. Yeah. 
Um, because engagement is inherently a transitional period in the relationship where you right. move from like dating to marriage and engagement's the stepping stone. So I think that there's a justifiable expectation when you tell friends and family like we're engaged that that's not a holding pattern, you know, for ever. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I, I do agree, but I think that it's different for everyone. I would cap it at 10 years. Okay. Ten years is too So you're saying, long. like, if you become common law married in that yes. time, then you probably missed your window. <laughs> yep. You missed your window if you're common law married by that point. I think that's a safe bet. <laughs> um, this is from Betsy. And are there etiquette rules about public proposals? Oh, goodness. Um, as far, I, I think that they do need to be orchestrated well, that mm-hmm. the chaos is never appreciated in yes. any public place. Um, and you really should plan it out with authorities. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. So a surprise... <laughs> In a public place, maybe is not the best idea um, because you have you you run into security issues or uh, traffic issues or things like that. So if you're going to do in a very public place, like um, I don't know a ballpark or um, what else concert a concert that kind of stuff, it needs to be cleared with authorities first. I also think much like the, we talked about, you know, not doing it at other people's events. Mm -hmm. I think that that holds true. Like, okay, here's the great example. We saw the Moody Blues in concert during Nights in White Satin. Oh, it was awesome. Guy in front row, everybody was standing up, guy in front row, kneeled down. Like, it ended up, like, they put, you know, directed a spotlight to him. The drummer, like, handed his drumsticks to the dude after the song. It was a really nice moment. But the guy wasn't trying to hijack everyone in the venue's experience. Right. He didn't run up on stage and exactly. steal a microphone. He just bent down in the front row. Exactly. It was in that moment, about them in that moment, and he wasn't trying to make everything about him. Yeah, that's a good example of how to do a public engagement Without hijacking the situation. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, I also would say, in general, I would say my... Uh, it's And it's also about your partner. It's about the other. You know, what do they want, not mm-hmm. what do you want. Exactly. But I think don't feel pressure to make it this amazing, magical, special thing through what you do with it. Because the engagement itself that you're committing to this person, that's the magical thing. You know what I mean? And so I think that it it could very quickly become unwieldy if you're trying to be like, and there will be sky riding and candles and I'm training doves to do a thing. And it's like, okay, man, save that for the wedding. Like you can do, you know, the wedding you'll have two years and like much better resources and people to help you. For your engagement, make it special because it's earnest. Make it special because it's sweet. Make it special because it's romantic, not because it's spectacle. You know what I mean? That's my advice. That's very sweet, darling. Thank you. I love you very much. I love you, too. Um, Let's see here. 
basically our, our engagement was I just like threw the ring at Teresa and I was like, now go away. It was a high pressure situation. <laughs> we both had to go to different theaters. That's true. We were both <laughs> in shows that night. We got home, had about 20 minutes and then we're, I did the knee. I said, I love you. You brought got, flowers. That was nice. I got engaged and then we both had to go. I think you were in George M and I was in complete works of Shakespeare bridged. Yep. Yep. Um, Catherine. But I am very glad that you did it that day because I did have the tracking number on the ring, so I knew it was there. Oh, yeah. You would have killed me. (laughs) Um, Catherine asked, how much should a couple have talked about engagement before a proposal? It's too late for me, but I want to spare anyone else from the total utter surprise proposal, which we talked about. Yeah, we talked about that, and I believe you should talk about it um, in the affirmative or in the negative, not in in kind of you know the ephemeralness of do you ever want to get married that's not enough you have i think that you need to discuss the idea of getting married to each other well and heather this is a good tie into that heather said polite way for the woman to hint at ring preferences before the engagement i don't think there's anything wrong with either party in in the the group in the uh relationship to say Hey, just so you know, should we get engaged? This is how I would like it to go. You know what I mean? I am a firm believer of communication. And I think the more that you communicate to each other, the better off you're going to be. You know? And I know that there's always stuff in like pop culture and media and stuff where it's like, you don't want to have that conversation too early. Mm, But gauge it you have a certain amount of i think everybody has some self-awareness when is the appropriate time to have that conversation but we three months into our relationship when we talked about moving in together we're like we're gonna get married right yeah okay cool cool, cool. <laughs> so like i think that Travis, it, you're sharing so much hey this is a very romantic episode here um but i just think that there's something to be said about like say what you want say what you need and everything will go way, way better. You can't expect to get what you want unless you tell someone about it. Nobody's a mind reader. Exactly. Um, Leslie asked, in same-sex engagement, how do you decide who wears the engagement ring? Or do both of you or neither? Um, once again, this is about communicating with your partner. You both can wear it. Neither can wear it. You I actually think everybody should wear an engagement ring, period. I was a little bit cheesed when we got engaged that you got bling and I didn't. <laughs> I also want people to know that I am taken. You know what I mean? Like, I was a little bit miffed. Now I wear two wedding rings. I wear one on each hand. Just for fun. I really want people to know how married I am. Um, it, it really is up to you. You can, and I am, I'm sorry I didn't get you one, dear. That's okay. I we, forgive you. What about that uh, that fantasy football ring? I do. Have? I have I have several fantasy football championship rings now. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> But I, I think that I think that what you're saying is true, and it's kind of what we discussed throughout. Like, what may be right for you may not be right for some. Different right. strokes for different folks. Oh, thanks. Um, and I think that if you're like, you know what, neither one of us wants to wear a ring. Cool. Both of us wants to wear a ring. Cool. We want to get tattoos. Cool. We are going to wear a locket with pictures. Of it. Great. Like whatever you want to do. Right. No one. You're never going to not be engaged because you did it wrong. You exactly. know what I mean? Like no one's going to say like, well, you're not really engaged, you know, because you you got lockets instead of rings. Like, okay, cool, man. Like you're not. It's not a legally binding thing anymore. At least not here in America. When you get engaged, like it's it's a promise you're making to each other. Mm-hmm. So however that promise manifests between the two of you is the right way to do it. Agreed. 
you know what? I think that's going to do it for us. Um, I'm sure that there's a lot more to talk about weddings, and we 100% totally will on future wedding episodes. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes. We really, really appreciate it. Um, and, you know, maybe, listen, let's have a heart-to-heart listener. Maybe you're listening to that, and you just completely glossed over it, auditorially speaking. Or maybe you heard it, and you were like, I don't know that I'm ever going to rate, review, subscribe on a thing. That's okay. Um, but I would really appreciate it. It only takes a second. And, like, three reviews a day, three reviews a week would be huge. Um, it doesn't take much to bump us right up those old iTunes charts, and we really appreciate it. And we also appreciate you telling a friend, saying, hey... Uh, I know you guys were talking about getting engaged. Maybe check out this episode. They just talked about diamond rings. How fascinating. Um, and I do want to encourage again, uh, go listen to the stuff you should know episode about, um, about diamond rings. It's really, really good. I would like to thank everyone who has joined our Facebook group and that the discussion between um, our Facebook group members is starting to really pick up. I appreciate that. Um, And I I really am interested in hearing what everybody has to say as far as like someone who has a a manners conundrum that they need help with. Please go, go help them. See what we can do for each other. I'd also like to, since we were talking about it, uh, our our kind of engagement story a little bit on this show. I'd love to hear your guys' engagement experiences. So if you want to go on the Facebook group, um, let's start a thread there and talk about engagements and what our history is and how we felt about it. Uh, you can also tweet at us at SchmannersCast. Um, you know, it's the, probably the fastest way to get in touch with us. And every week we'll tweet what the show topic is going to be. And you can tweet questions at us. I also want to encourage everyone to go check out all the other amazing Max Fun shows. There are some pretty incredible ones. And I think you'll like all of them. I also want to say thank you to Brent, Brentofloss Black for our intro and outro theme. It's pretty amazing. And you can <laughs> get it, um, as a ringtone. If you have an Apple device, just go like on your iPhone or your iPad or whatever and go to the iTunes store and in ring tones search for schmanners s-h-m-a-n-n-e-r-s um and download it and then you'll get to hear our amazing ringtone anytime somebody calls you or and texts as you. always thank you to kayla and wassel for our beautiful uh banner and cover art yes it is quite amazing um and once again thank you for listening that's gonna do it for us join us again next week no rsvp required you've been listening to schmanners manners schmanners get it MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.